Warning, this episode contains adult language and content. They say the pen is mightier, but in whose hands? So we'll pitch your stories head to head and find out which one lands. All three sham writers haven't read a lot, so your sham host will find a famous plot. Books and films and TV shows, they'll make a pitch, then off you go to write what you don't know. This is Sham Fiction, the show where two writers cross pens in a duel to write what they don't know. Now, here's your host, Marcus Mann. Thank you for that delightful introduction, suit lady. I am happy to be here <laughs> and ready to host another thrilling episode of season duel of sham fiction with me as always our writers and friends eric w carlson say hello eric hello eric yeah literal in it and andrew james neal hi how you doing andrew doing good apparently that was a very enthusiastic hi it was because i am enthusiastic i am doing good i'm looking good Feeling good, looking good, loving it. Yeah. Well, we are going to talk about some people who are categorically different than the two of you today. Because we're covering the FX slash FXX show, You're the Worst. Hey. I have literally never heard of this show. It's a delightful show. It deals with some really heavy topics in a comedy format. Mm-hmm. But it's also hysterical, and it is about two people who are literally the worst. <laughs> they are just the worst. Just the worst people. So I'm thinking it's Seinfeld, it's a little Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, maybe always some sunny. Always Sunny yeah. in Philadelphia. Except worse. Oh, wow. That is bad. <laughs> will, will, we finally ever, will we ever get the answer to the question of what FXXX will ever be like? I assume it'll Ooh. just be the after dark naughty version of it. It's just pure, pure fucking. <laughs> yeah. This is getting there. I'll tell you. We'll get into it. So uh, you heard it at the beginning of the show. Content advisory for this episode. Yay. Yay. We can, we can say the fuck words. Yay. Well, there, there, are, there are no fuck words in this show. Uh-oh. But there's everything up to. <laughs> so... It is FXX, so there's uh, all sorts of other language you can use, but that's still taboo. Oh, so I've ruined it? Have we had to bleep me this whole time, the last two, and now no, three no, fuckwords? No, nobody has time for that. Okay. I'm not I'm not doing that. Our listeners can just earmuffs. We're all adults Just assume. Here. We assume yeah. that everybody listened to the content guidelines, because we, when we were, you know, young twerps, we listened to the content guidelines. We didn't break into rated R movies. We That's didn't true. watch porn. I don't... What? I never saw Clerks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Kids, you see, when Kevin Smith was younger, he made <laughs> films instead of podcasts. And he had a breakthrough movie called Clerks that was revolutionary and hysterical at the time. Tell me more, Uncle Marcus. Marcus, why are you explaining <laughs> this? The kids, as I've already said, are all gone. They've listened to the content warning. They're not listening to this. They're responsible. You see, Andrew, I've become grizzled <laughs> as a 30-something where I, I feel like kids who are five years younger than me are kids. <laughs> it's true. It's just a circle of life. 
Uh, I don't trust anybody under the age of 26. Except I'm a millennial, so I don't have any lawn for the kids to get off of. Oh. And get off the proverbial lawn. We do not have the houses we were promised. <laughs> uh, the world is pain. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Well, if you need some suggestions for how to dull the pain, our characters definitely have some advice oh, that I man. would not recommend following. I bet it's through chemistry. So I want to get into this show, but first I need to introduce the creator of the show. I say that like he's going to be sitting right next to me, uh, but I'm just going to introduce the concept of him. So you can say, I know of him. Surprise, he's sitting next to me! (laughs) This show, that would be amazing. Uh, This show was created by a gentleman named Stephen Falk, who has written a ton of the episodes and produces and has started directing in the later seasons as well. So he's kind of your main creative voice here. The show started in 2014. It has run for four seasons and has a fifth and final season coming up later in 2018, which will happen after this episode airs. All right. So exciting time to jump into the show. It was one that was up on Hulu. I watched the first three seasons and ended on a big cliffhanger that I could not get away from so i had to immediately buy the fourth season on amazon video that's how excited i was about this show nice very good yeah and then that was like an angry binge it was like i'm gonna watch this until you fix the characters (laughs) uh marcus are you one of those people that when you watch the show you're like god these people they're so bad they're terrible but i know i can fix them just give me some time i can fix them I could fix all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I don't think you could actually fix these characters, but maybe they can fix each other. So I want to get into them. Yeah. I want to introduce these characters, and you can find out about their hilarious hijinks. And hopefully you'll uh, watch some of this. Andrew, you will love this show. Ooh. Guaranteed. This is the most Andrew-y show. Very filmic. Very indie. Very good. Filmic and indie. And you know me. Eric will not care for it. <laughs> Eric may actually love the show as well because it's very vulgar. Yay! <laughs> fuck words! And talks Wait, a no lot about sex. Shit words! Uh, there's lots of that. Alright, so let's hop into it. Can we get eight minutes on the clock, suit lady? Pitch session. Eight minutes on the clock. Three, two, one. Let's jam. Excellent. So we are talking You're the Worst, which is set in modern Los Angeles. It is very L.A. So all the L.A. stereotypes, car ownership, movie industry, music industry, everything is coming up large in this show. And we follow four protagonists, two really, and two sidekicks. Uh, The main character that we're dealing with here is a writer named Jimmy Shive Overly, who's from Manchester, now living in L.A., He was the only sophisticated one in his family of trash people. (laughs) So so he conflicts with them whenever they're mentioned. But he's really set himself apart. So he wrote a book that got an outsized advance called Congratulations, You're Dying. He writes (laughs) literature. (laughs) Literature. Uh, He immediately used that advance to buy a beautiful, architecturally significant house that he cannot afford. (laughs) I like the term architecturally significant. Oh, yes, that is definitely something Jimmy would say about his house. (laughs) (laughs) So he fancies himself as the smartest person in the room and goes off on all these fun rants where he's tearing into people. 
Uh, so that's, that's Jimmy. He's also the worst. Hey. He's just the worst person. He's very mean, super conceited, and just oblivious to the needs of other human beings. <laughs> so we're first introduced in the pilot episode. Jimmy is attending the wedding of his ex-girlfriend, Becca, who we won't really go into. Uh, and he meets up with Gretchen, who is the best friend of Becca's sister, who we will talk about. Gretchen is also the worst. (laughs) These are the two worst people, Gretchen and Jimmy. And Gretchen is, you know, she is sort of lost in life. She's a PR exec for uh, this music company. She supports mainly this rap group. Of, uh, I don't know the name of the rap group, but the three members are Sam, Shitstain, and Honey Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Sam is a fantastic character. I think he's like 19, and his favorite word in the world is bitch, mostly referring to Gretchen. Oh, good, um, good. And has just ridiculous expectations of what she does in the role. Um, <laughs> Her past, as I have noted here, is filled with drugs and dicks, and they occasionally come into her present. So she... Uh, is that you know, how the first she episode, would describe it? Oh, she talks about drugs and dicks all the time. Good. Okay. Um, so, you know, she's had lots of good and bad experiences with both. They're all alcoholics, uh, Jimmy and Gretchen, and she'll dive into the harder stuff, uh, does cocaine a lot and other things. Natch. And, Grinding up Adderall, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. So, lots of bad choices being made by Gretchen. <laughs> she sounds like um, a riot. Her best friend is Lindsay, who is, again, the sister of Becca, who had previously dated Jimmy. That's how they all know each other. Lindsay is just like Gretchen, except now she's settled down with Paul, who's a super boring guy, who's just like the worst uh, nerdy neckbeard kind of stereotype. And just just not a fun guy. But really, unfortunate, you feel for him because Lindsay is so wrong for him. Okay. So she misses all the, all the dicks and drugs in her past. Uh, <laughs> she, this, this sums her up perfectly. There's a quote in one of the episodes where she has got her jaw wired shut. And she says to Gretchen, I got my jaw wired shut so I don't put anything bad in, her, in my mouth. And Gretchen <laughs> replies, but putting bad things in your mouth is kind of your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Four minutes remaining. Oh, all right. I think that's about all you need to know about Lindsay. So, Jimmy and Gretchen hook up at this party. Jimmy, after having broken up with Becca, doesn't believe in relationships, and Gretchen is afraid of relationships. But they have so much in common because they're both the worst. And when they share the terrible things that they do and that they feel and that they think, the others are so amused by it. So Jimmy loves all the terrible things about Gretchen. Gretchen loves all the terrible things about Jimmy. And they kind of decide, hey, if we know that we're terrible at this and it's going to end terribly, there's no harm in actually doing it, right? <laughs> so they start kind of dating. Oh, um, boy. Kind of dating. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. That's that's a long progression in this series. But they, they do sex on each other a lot. <laughs> and boy, do we see it. Lots of it in the show. <laughs> And it's uh, very sex positive in that respect, but it's uh, it's not glamorous. <laughs> it's, it's very functional. Um, <laughs> functional. <laughs> Jim, Jimmy Jimmy has a foot fetish, so that comes in a lot. Oh, no. I thought that was very clever in the show because it's something that is very sexual, but not going to be caught by the censors because it's feet. 
Oh, sure. Yeah. So he's got a weird feet thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Gretchen stays over at his place a lot. Her apartment is just a complete mess. Um, it's just disgusting. He doesn't like to go over there. She has a vibrator that's plugged into Christmas lights because she couldn't find an extension cord. <laughs> 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 uh, which may or may not burn down her apartment at some point in the series. Hey. Uh, so yeah, she's always dealing with Sam shit saying and honey nuts. So that's, that's a fun <laughs> dynamic. Oh, so the, the other, the fourth character in the show that I forgot to mention, Jimmy's roommate, Edgar Quintero, who's an Iraq war vet who used to sell Jimmy weed. And Jimmy just kind of let him stay at his house. Um, because he has a hard time saying no. So in exchange for living at Jimmy's place, he, uh, I guess two minutes, he uh, makes the food and he he cleans. So he's like a live-in chef. Uh, (laughs) Edgar's really the heart of the show, really sweet, but he gets super serious PTSD issues at times. Oh, no. And he used to do a lot of heroin. Oh, boy. Um, Also in the show, there's a neighbor across the street who's like a child named uh, Killian. (laughs) who just shows up sometimes and has a really depressing home life. And uh, Jimmy always forgets about him. At one point, he leaves him in a bookstore. So that's a really weird uh, thing. So that's fun. Uh, A few of the tropes in the show, they always say eject to leave a conversation. So like really inappropriately, like, oh, someone's getting too real. Eject. (laughs) Just leave. Um, Do they do that with strangers? Yes. Oh, yeah. And with each other. Uh, they often will take a bottle of booze when they leave a scene because they'll like yell at people being the worst. <laughs> they'll yeah. just take the booze that's not theirs. Uh, there's a lot of masturbation. One Jimmy, Jimmy loves masturbating. He's always super into himself, uh, like super proud of everything he does. He's a writer, but he hasn't really written any books in a long time, so he's stumbling with writer's block. Mm, of course. Uh, he brings heckle lists, which are just lists of heckles that he can shout out at events. <laughs> They're tailored and really terrible. Um, just not funny at all. Uh, so that's that's great. He goes off on these long rants. So that's that's a big thing for Jimmy. Uh, let's let's see what else I have. Uh, there's a recurring theme of Gretchen can go anywhere. They say that a lot. She she kind of has like an oppositional defiance thing where she does not like being told what not to do. Sure. Oh sure. Um, yeah. So it's it's very very fun. Um, <laughs> So it's just these people who are the worst and they're living in LA and they're living lives that are too fancy for them and they don't really know what life is like or how to be an adult. Um, and it's, uh, it's just a, it's a funny, Time's funny show. All right. Boy, that was, that was a tricky one because there's so much. I've watched four seasons of the show and it's wildly different each season. Whoa. So I was trying to coordinate on what to actually pitch to you. Because it gets super real, but I think we should focus on the funnier side of it because that's, that's, I mean, it makes you cry how funny it is to show sometimes. <laughs> All right, cool. No, this this sounds like a, a lot of fun, this show. Just dark comedy. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, you're going to love it. And because I know you're going to love it, I'm going to give you the first two-minute Q&A. Hey, how kind, money kind. Yeah. So let's get rolling with that. Uh, you have two minutes to ask me any follow-up questions. I'll, I'll leave. Shall I? Shall I? I'll leave. Shall I? I'll leave. leave. Shove off in it. Get out. I'll just eject. I'll eject right now. <laughs> eject. eject. Right. Two-minute Q and A. Begin. Oh man, starting already. Okay, so give me an example of like an episode. Like, like what happens? What are the, what what are, what are conflicts like on this show? 
Sure. So it could be an episode where Jimmy's dealing with having to write something other than a novel because he needs money <laughs> to survive. Um, and so he's being really shitty to everyone around him. It could be that they have like typical friends type things where you have to go and meet up with another couple and mm-hmm. there's conflict there. Like they go on a dinner date at one point. Um, things that spin out of a relationship. It'll usually start with some conflict based on an argument that Jimmy and Gretchen have had. Mm -hmm. And then things build around there. Sometimes Edgar or Lindsay will get their own stories that will affect things. Okay. Now you say they're kind of dating. So do they refuse to say that they're a couple? Oh, definitely at first. Yeah. Okay. At first they will not say that they're a couple. And they're still sleeping with other people at first. Sure. You know, just being the worst. Yeah. 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 Um, so what so does Gretchen have any goals? Does she have anything that she like really wants? Um it, like how did she fall into this job? Did she want to be in this job? She fell into this job. I think she was doing a bunch of drugs with uh, the group. Okay. And she uh like she was an assistant or something, and they're like, nah, you're gonna manage us now. So that's, that's kinda how it happened. Okay. So she has this she just kinda fell into this. There's really no clear like goals for her right yeah she doesn't care about this job okay she's just slightly more mature than the kids in the band okay and i don't know if you said how old are them are the characters are they in their 20s 30s yeah they're they're like mid 20s maybe late 20s mid to late 20s okay yeah that sounds good um do we ever see any of jimmy's family do they show up uh they did a couple episodes where they came in but he hates them Okay, sounds good. Oh, that's it. End of time. That's it. Two minutes up. That was. I. I, I feel good. This is fun. I'm excited to see the show. Fight and, your instincts. And just I'm, be terrible. I'm really excited to just write terrible, terrible people. That sounds like a lot of fun. All right. We'll see you, Andrew. Okay. Bring Eric back in. Bye bye. Oh, hey, Eric's back. Woo! All yeah, right, you Eric. Sound excited. <laughs> Are you ready for two minutes of worsting? Oh, I think so. All right, let's do it. Two-minute Q&A, begin. All right, what's Jimmy's book about? Jimmy's book? I had some pretentious literary thing. So it is literature, though. Oh, it's just yes, called, it is literature. Congratulations, You're Dying? Yes. Okay, but he's he's attempting to write throughout this, but he's not really getting anything done, I imagine? Right, right. Gotcha. Okay, fantastic. Um, can you give me an example of something from the Heckle List? Uh, he calls Edgar, you're like an off-brand Lin-Manuel Miranda, creator of In the Heights. I need to update this. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, and by that, I mean it's pretty bad. Uh, what kind of plots are in these episodes? Like, does anything actually happen? Yeah, you know, Andrew kind of asked that, so I'm not going to go into the same details. Oh, sure. But it's typical conflict sitcom stuff. Okay. So it's not like it's it's serialized in that one one episode leads to another leads to another. Uh, you've got some arcs, okay. but mostly it's like when they're when they're dating, they're seeing each other. It's events along that path, sure. and then things change as it gets more or less serious. Do uh, do Jimmy and Gretchen actually like each other? Yes, they do. Are they yes. exclusive? Oh, very poorly. Okay, um, and, and not at first. <laughs> sure. I okay. mean, they—they—that's just the life that they're used to. It's just yeah. the the sleeping around life. Sure. Well, good to know. More more Gretchen than Jimmy, I'd say. Gotcha. How about uh, locations? Where are they spending their time? Most of the time is in Jimmy's architecturally uh, significant house. <laughs> that's good. 
Uh, let's seconds. also go to bars. There's this thing where Lindsay and Gretchen will go to a uh, frozen yogurt place uh-huh. and just abuse the cashier and take as many samples as possible and just be the worst. That's fantastic. Um, any running gags I need to be aware of? Uh, I mean, the, the eject, Gretchen can go anywhere, yeah. grabbing the booze. Okay. Those are all, all things. Those are all, all good. They well, say coos a lot. They what? They say coos a lot. Coos. That's a good word. Like, who's the coos? I'm writing that down. Time's up. All right. All right. That's fantastic. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm, I'm going to go write. You uh, go write. the worst. Oh, please, be the worst. I, I told Andrew the same thing. Just, just... Fight all your instincts and have these people be the worst. All right, I'm going to go worst it up. Bye. All right. Well, while they're off writing, we're going to have a little message here and come back with two of the worst stories about the worst people that you've ever heard. Catch you soon. <laughs> Surprise, Andrew Break. <laughs> yeah, while Marcus is off exploring architecture, significant dwellings in the land of Mr. Shive Overly himself. England, that is. I'm here to tell you all that if you like this show, there's a few things you can do. First, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I say it three times because it's the most important and easiest thing to do. Do it on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcatcher. That way you get episodes right when they come out. Um, you can also leave us a five-star rating and review, which helps others find us. And follow us on all those social media platforms, especially Twitter. Uh, but we are also on Facebook and Instagram as Sham Fiction. And finally, if you're feeling really generous and not the worst, kick us a few bucks on coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com. Now let's get back to some stories. Hee-hee! Welcome back, fellas. I am excited to hear the depths of your worstness. How is your it's, writing? It's, this is so bad. It's so bad. This, it's the worst. I, Good. This thing that I wrote. Just the worst thing that you've ever written, Eric? Worst thing I've ever written just by quality, not content. Oh, okay. So you, like... <laughs> You know, just poor grammar, lots of misspellings. Yep. yep, some of this isn't even English. Oh man, that's that's no problem. You know, switching up languages, that's actually kind of interesting, perhaps. I mean, it would be good if it was like a real language and not just gibberish. Oh, did you just like bang on the keyboard to get your word count up? I would prefer not to talk about my process right now. Oh, that's good. We're not to that point yet. I apologize. That's me jumping the gun. Um, I personally got into character and became the worst version of myself over the <laughs> the writing period. So I was kicking people in the shins and, you know, just like slapping sandwiches out of their hands. You know, typical <laughs> naughty behavior. One of the great gags in this show is Jimmy and Gretchen will sit on a park bench where people are running by the lake and will shout at them, you dropped something. <laughs> I'm glad because it's, it's just, just an annoying thing. It's like not even that big a deal. They're just terrible. It stops their workout. They start looking for something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are the worst. They are. That sounds fantastic. Very good. All right. Well, I do want to hear your readings. And to determine who goes first, I want to hear who's going to give me the best Mancunian accent. So Ooh, why don't you boy. each give me a Jimmy Shive overly, <laughs> and we'll determine boy. who starts us off. Uh, Eric, Eric, uh, beauty before 
Me. <laughs> Beauty before right. perfection. <laughs> All right, uh, Jimmy Shive Overly. I don't know if this is an actual Mancunian Manchester accent, but uh, I think it might be uh, close enough that our listening audience might not be able to tell. It's pretty See, good, pretty good. Do you know, we have a really big following in Northern England. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a big one. So we, we've just... <laughs> Angered many people. <laughs> well, you do better, please. Uh, I, uh, Jimmy Shive Overly, you gotta say the name in order to get into it right off the bat. <laughs> That's how it works, right? That now it's so in New Zealand. I'm loving it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's very cute. <laughs> Sounds like Korg. <laughs> it's like, oh, hello. Uh, uh, here I am with my sham fiction. I'm from Manchester, though. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know? You wanna start a revolution? <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. Uh, all right, this is tough. Uh, but I kind of, Andrew, I liked that yours was sort of kiwi because it reminded me of my favorite guest sham host, Gravel Man. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, who can forget Gravel Man? So let's have you kick it off, Mister Neil. Okay, that sounds good. I will be happy to. So, without further ado. This is Andrew Neal's sham fiction of You're the Worst. It shows a leader being vulnerable, you know? Uh, We all think of Churchill as this bulldog, and the movie really peels that back. We need to see that, especially now with Trump in office. I mean, it's not going to win Best Picture tonight, but it's an important film for the moments, and it deserves to eject... Excuse me? Jimmy didn't respond. He had already turned and started walking away. He'd been looking for meaningful, engaging conversation all night, and what he kept finding were ass-kissing Hollywood peons, afraid to say anything negative because they were networking. Bollocks, he thought. It didn't take him long to find Gretchen. There was hardly anyone in the club. As Jimmy had suspected, no one wanted to go to the Oscars party for Darkest Hour, the obvious eighth runner-up in the nine-film Best Picture category. (laughs) Jimmy had made this clear to Gretchen before tonight, but she still insisted they go. He supposed she thought it would be posh. Now she was sitting alone on a garish purple sofa that looked more like a giant croissant made by Willy Wonka. "'Where the hell have you been?' she asked. You bailed on me. Jimmy dropped onto the couch next to her. Why did the party have to be for darkest bloody hour? Because it's the one I was invited to? Do you have to keep saying that? Why not Dunkirk? Do you know anyone doing PR for that one? I bet that party is as packed as those poor lads on the wharf waiting to die. No, I just want to die. I just want some free coke, Gretchen added. Oh? This made Jimmy forget what he was saying. He'd been drinking. He wrapped an arm around Gretchen. Did you, uh, get any? Gretchen sighed. (sighs) No, not yet. Everyone here seems to know each other from making the movie, so it's kind of clicky. Hard to join these conversations. I even wore my boobiest dress. She adjusted it to show more cleavage. You all are looking rather titillicious this evening, darling. This made Gretchen smile, which cheered Jimmy up for a second. Thank you. You can put your penis between them later. Right now, I want free coke. (laughs) 
I want to find Anthony McCartan, Jimmy said, scanning the party. Who? He wrote the film? Why, do you know him? No, just want to give him a little tap in the scrotum. <laughs> Gretchen laughed. I think my plan's more realistic. I've been looking for someone from the electrical department. Why? They always have the best drugs. How do you know that? Music video shoots with Sam and the group. Gaffers, best boys, electricians. They're always holding and they're easy to spot. Just look for someone who looks like he's twice divorced and doesn't pay his child support. <laughs> Jimmy laughed. All these blokes are assistants and want to be screenwriters. They can't afford coke. They're too busy eating Tide Pods. It's turned their brains to shit. It's why they're going around and tell everyone Darkest Hour is a relevant film. <laughs> okay, you, you need to stop with that. I don't want to get kicked out. Help me look for guys who could be electricians. Jimmy was about to protest when two women appeared. Excuse us, one said. Can we sit here? She gestured to the two monstrous leopard print chairs across from Jimmy and Gretchen, who nodded. The women took their seats and began to talk. Jimmy tried to search for electricians, but the women's conversation distracted him. Oh, I just think it's what we, I just think we need that sort of thing right now. Oh yeah, especially with Trump. Exactly, <laughs> Trump isolates himself. He only listens to the opinions he agrees with, and and the film definitely shows Churchill in that same isolation. It's it's what makes that scene when he goes into the subway so powerful. Oh my god, yes, that scene's so great. Yeah, it, it is. It shows he's ready to break the isolation and actually listen to the people he represents. It's so beautiful. Jimmy was ready to scream at them, but then he felt Gretchen's hand on his shoulder. Let's go to the bar. We'll have a better view up there, and I want another drink. She got up. Jimmy followed. As he passed the idiot women, Jimmy shot each of them a nasty glance. They noticed and looked back, confused. What'll it be? The bartender asked a few minutes later. Didn't take much time to get up to the bar because, again, nobody was bloody there. Is it still open bar? Gretchen asked. The bartender nodded. Then two of your highest priced and proofed alcohols, please. She began surveying the room again. Jimmy leaned toward her. Did you hear those two back there? Gretchen sighed. Yes, it's another reason why I wanted to get out of there. Can you just forget it? Think about one of the other nominees or whatever. What about the water one? You mean the shape of water? Yes, sure, whatever. The one with the lady ball and the fish man. <laughs> Jimmy chuckled. Yeah, that part was mental. You don't even know how intelligent the thing is before she shags it. She could be shagging a water dog for all she knows. Gretchen nodded. Been there. This made Jimmy break out laughing for a while. Thank you for that, love, he said upon catching his breath. You're welcome. The bartender brought their drinks. They both took a swig. Gretchen sighed, refreshed. So, uh, what about, uh, Ladybird? Jimmy shrugged. I don't know, it's cute. He raised his drink to his mouth again. I would have liked to have seen that one, Gretchen added. Jimmy stopped mid-swig, spilling a little on himself. <laughs> Gretchen's comment opened up a frightening possibility inside his mind. He felt his face growing hot. Gretch, he began, trying not to jump to a conclusion. Did you see any of them? Uh, any of, uh, what? The best picture nominees. Yeah. <laughs> Which ones? This one, 
She gestured around the room. This one, Gretchen shrugged. Yeah. Jimmy froze and stared at her incredulously. At the same moment, a man walked up to the bar beside her. Gretchen turned to him, away from Jimmy. Jimmy's whole body was growing hot now. Gretchen asked the man something. He pointed to another man at the end of the bar. Gretchen turned back to Jimmy. Have you been staring at me? It took everything in Jimmy's power not to lose it. Yes. Why? When Jimmy responded, he spoke slowly and deliberately, trying not to blow. The only film nominated for the Oscar for Best Picture that you've seen is Darkest Hour. Yeah, Gretchen answered, (laughs) shrugging again. This made Jimmy's eye twitch. Lindsay and I went. She has a crush on Gary Oldman from him playing that hot wizard in Harry Potter. She chuckled. (laughs) She was very disappointed. Anyway, this guy here says that the guy at the end of the bar was an electrician on the film, so I want to go get free coke from him and fuck your free coke, Jimmy (laughs) shouted. Gretchen winced. Jimmy, please don't. No, no. He was off now. She had brought this upon herself. They all had. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with all of you? People nearby were turning to see what was going on. What are you celebrating here? Oh, it's so relevant. Oh, we need its message so badly right now. Come on. Do you even listen to yourselves? Do you think before you speak? Everyone in the room now seemed to be looking at Jimmy. We're supposed to be celebrating the very best that cinema has to offer tonight. Do you honestly believe the film you made represents that? What with Gary Oldman under 20 pounds of makeup, wiggling his jowls and blubbering, delivering famous pronouncement after pronouncement, speech after speech. That ain't writing, that's copying. Jimmy spotted the kid who had spoken to him earlier. He started to shout at him mockingly. Oh, he's so vulnerable. Bollocks. So he wears a bathrobe and talks to secretaries. She just wants to shag him. Next, Jimmy spotted the two women from the leopard print chairs, so he began mocking them, too. This scene on the subway was so powerful, shite. Didn't even happen in real life. He talks to a black guy in that scene. You think Winston Churchill talked to black people? <laughs> I don't know, but you're talking to one now. Jimmy turned and looked to, turned and looked up to meet the eyes of a very large bouncer. The man grabbed him by the arm. Let's go. As the bouncer forcefully escorted him from the party, Jimmy continued to shout and curse, proclaiming the movie didn't deserve its nomination, nominations for cinema, cinematography or costume design either. Gretchen hung her head and followed him out. On the way, she stopped by the guy at the end of the bar. Um, can I get some free coke? What? I don't have any free coke. This made Gretchen very sad. The end. (laughs) (laughs) I have zero comments. Eric? (laughs) Yeah, hello. Is it my turn? Okay, great. Well, then, here we go. (laughs) With, with, uh... With no additional ado, uh, Eric Carlson's You're the Worst. Are you fucking kidding me? Sam, I had to pay to get you three on, and you're bailing on me? A delightful pause followed, and Jimmy could see Gretchen seething in the back seat from the rearview mirror, her pretentious Bluetooth headset blinking in her ear as she frantically typed away on her iPhone. 
well, you can tell Shitstain that I don't care about his dead grandmother. She doesn't have a podcast with three million subscribers, and I didn't pay her dead ass to have you three fuck-ups attend her funeral. <laughs> Another pause. That's how it's gonna be? Really? God damn it! She growled to herself and smacked the phone, having just clearly been hung up on. Trouble in paradise? Jimmy asked from the driver's seat. Shut up and drive, she barked. Is this how you treat all of your Uber drivers? No wonder you have such a low passenger rating, he retorted, swiping through the app on his dash-mounted phone as he brought the car to a stop. All right, now get out. I have a, I have a real fare a half mile away, heading to LAX, and I'm not passing up an easy 50 bucks. Enjoy your podcast. Fuck you. The retard triplets just bailed on me, and I'm not going in there alone. She looked up from her phone long enough to say, You look like Leo DiCaprio trying to go incognito at a farmer's market. <laughs> Jimmy glanced up at his reflection in the rear view and snorted. She'd been teasing him for the hat and sunglasses for the last few weeks, but she didn't really understand. Renowned literary author Jimmy Shive-Overly had bills to pay and couldn't be seen stooping so low as to drive for Uber. <laughs> we can't all be blissfully anonymous like you, sweetheart. <laughs> oh, this sucks! Gretchen suddenly shouted, ignoring Jimmy completely. Fuck them! Here I am trying to broaden their audience by getting them on some popular writing podcast. Jimmy snorted again. And they completely flake. No wonder Entertainment Weekly called them illiterate. You call them illiterate all the time, because they fucking are illiterate. <laughs> hey, you're not illiterate. She sounded suspiciously excited. Jimmy turned around to find her eyes wide, staring at him intently with a wicked smile on her lips. Oh, absolutely not. Welcome to The Wordist. The podcast about writers for writers. I'm Fred Handy. This week, we have two wonderful guests. My good friend, Gretchen Mann, who is my favorite music industry sellout. She works with some up-and-coming hip-hop stars you might know, Sam Shitstain and Honey Nuts, all of whom pulled out of the show last minute. But that's okay, because she brought my other guest for today, Jimmy Shive Overly, who wrote, Congratulations, You're Dying!, a novel I read a few weeks back at the urging of a very familiar-looking Uber driver. Thanks for joining me today. So happy to be here, said Gretchen enthusiastically, having put on her suck-up to the client face. So happy, echoed Jimmy, somewhat less genuinely. The sunglasses and hat had been left behind in the car, along with the idea that he might actually make some money today. Jimmy and Gretchen were now sitting in this man's basement, leaning over a pair of microphones with sets of bulky headphones covering their ears. Gretchen had actually stashed the iPhone away in her purse for once, but Jimmy sat frantically scribbling in his little black notebook. So, Gretchen, the podcaster Fred Handy was saying, when you and I spoke on the phone earlier this week, you were trying to convince me that your clients' songs weren't the musical backwash that some of their critics have claimed. I believe the words you used to describe them were misunderstood savants. Oh, absolutely, said Gretchen with that sickeningly fake tone. Hip-hop and rap, as a genre, doesn't get the credit it deserves. People see the lyrics as too shallow or too aggressive or that they're written by illiterates. I've never thought that, Jimmy snorted. You disagree, Jimmy? Handy asked. 
Jimmy looked up from the paper. Eh, he started. <laughs> what? Ah, the famous verbosity of the English, said, Han- said Handy with a chuckle. He looked familiar to Jimmy for some reason. Gretchen elbowed Jimmy hard in the ribs. Uh, I can say, uh, unequivocally, that Gretchen has never referred to neither Sam, Shitstain, nor Honeynuts as illiterate. Handy, Handy laughed again and said, uh, Mr. Overly, did she put you up to this? Shive Overly, he corrected. <laughs> and did she put me up to what? To being here today? Oh, absolutely. I was most definitely coerced. <laughs> Gretchen fake laughed while staring daggers at Jimmy. He's so funny, isn't he? She squealed. Handy chuckled and gestured at Jimmy's notebook, saying, uh, For the sake of our listening audience, Jimmy snorted again. Mr. Shiveoverly has been frantically writing in a little moleskin since he arrived at the studio. Jimmy, you're a published author. Are these notes for your much-anticipated follow-up to Congratulations, You're Dying? What? Oh, no, I'm just updating my heckle list. <laughs> your heckle list is... That what it sounds like? Yes, absolutely. You see, I just realized when I was rudely dragged from my vehicle just a few moments ago that I didn't have a nearly sufficient quantity of insults about podcasts at the ready. <laughs> Grave oversight on my part. Not a fan of podcasting? Fred asked. Let me guess, they're too long for you. <laughs> oh, that barely scratches the surface, Jimmy said, <laughs> finding himself a bit excited at the opportunity to bust out some of his most recent stingers. <laughs> I'll give you an, a sample of what I've come up with thus far. Jimmy, said Gretchen a bit frantically, maybe this isn't the audience for your unique brand of assholery. Jimmy cleared his throat and held the heckle list out at arm's length and began reading down the bridge of his nose. Your name is Fred Handy, huh? Is it because you pull yourself off while you make it? Y- you know, like you're giving yourself a handy? Straightforward. Uh, ha- uh, handy began, but Jimmy quickly moved on to the next one. If your podcast were a woman, it would be an ugly one with a penis. So more of a, more of a drag queen or something of that ilk, I suppose. Gretchen began trying to talk over Jimmy, saying, How about we go back to talking about the writing merits of hip-hop? Podcasts are like whale ejaculate. Functional enough, but tend to come in frightful quantities. <laughs> yep, that one's, that one's a bit graphic. How about this? Calling yourself a podcaster is akin to jacking off on a drawing of Hermione Granger and calling yourself J.K. Rowling. Mm. Mm. Less, less funny now I say it aloud. Handy laughed and said, Miss Rowling has actually been on the show, Mr. Shive Overly. Uh, she's a delight. Oh, I don't doubt it, said, Jim- said Jimmy, not looking away from the notebook. Your podcast is the literary equivalent of talking at the theatre. <laughs> I'm actually kind of proud of that one. Uh, thank you, but I think we get the idea, said Handy, trying to take back control. Ah, try this one out for size. You look like a person who would enjoy a podcast. <laughs> that's, that's all I have for that one. Could be a heckle, I suppose. Unless one actually likes podcasts. Jimmy, said Handy, louder now. This is a podcast about celebrating writers and their works. Uh, I allowed you to come on this show because I respect you and your craft. The least I ask is for you to extend the same courtesy to me and mine. (laughs) Oh, this one's actually right in line with that. (laughs) Your podcast is so fawningly sycophantic that you should call it Books We Fucked. (laughs) See? Like the popular podcast 
guys, we fucked, but it's about books, you get it. <laughs> that one was terrible, said Fred. I don't know, I, I feel like your audience might appreciate it. Jimmy looked over at Gretchen for approval, but her face was buried in her hands, <laughs> and she was obviously suppressing a silent rage. Too niche? he asked. What do you have against podcasts? Handy asked. Oh, don't get me started, began Jimmy, setting the notebook down next to the microphone. People who make podcasts are all miserable failures, no offense, who are so narcissistically fascinated with their own precious estimation that they actually deign to record their rambling vociferations and force the rest of the world to listen. Uh, having a, a podcast is a, is a badge of non-contribution to society, a, a white flag one waves to boost one's ego and ward off reality. Yesterday's uh, I wrote a screenplay is today's I have a podcast. Absolute <laughs> trash. <laughs> oh. Hey, Jimmy, began Handy, not a trace of a smile left on his face. Yes, he replied, feeling for the first time in several minutes like maybe he hadn't missed out by turning down that LAX fare. <laughs> when can we expect to see your next novel on bookstore shelves? Or are you too busy driving Uber? The smile fell off Jimmy's face immediately. He looked over to Gretchen, who dropped her hands and raised a questioning eyebrow at him. Eject! Was all Jimmy managed to say. Thank you for that, Jimmy. Really, really happy you could help me out. Gretchen was pouting in the back seat, arms crossed beneath her breasts and staring out the window. Hey, that could have been entirely enjoyable if he hadn't turned out to be a rider of mine. Jimmy said defensively, baseball cap and sunglasses back in place. I mean, what are the chances? You insulted him about his podcast while a guest on his podcast. What the fuck, Overly? Shive, Overly! <laughs> and, uh, and at least we can both agree that podcasts as a rule are terrible. Well, at least that one, she allowed. Jimmy pulled into the driveway of his architecturally significant home and swiped <laughs> through the app on his phone. All right, 22.53 for the ride. He said, throwing the car in park and turning to face her. Are you fucking kidding me? Gretchen said, not even moving towards her purse at all. I'll, le I'll leave it off the app if you'd rather pay cash. Fuck you, I'm not paying you, she said as she opened the door to make to step out. But if you're lucky, she continued, pausing at the threshold and pulling a bottle of scotch out of her purse, I'll let you share the Macallan I filched from Handy's liquor cabinet. <laughs> you lovely coos, said Jimmy, <laughs> killing the engine and stepping out of the car with Gretchen. Hey, hey, that son of a bitch charged me to let rappers on his precious literary podcast, so it's the least I could do. This is why I like you. But seriously, Gretchen, I'm not your personal chauffeur. Gretchen just laughed and walked towards the house. Coos, Jimmy breathed, <laughs> before following her inside. The end. Oh, boy. I have no comment on that story either. <laughs> Good form. No, no comments made! So, while I continue to not have comments, let's get a little sense here for what was the challenge. Obviously, it wasn't the accents, because you both nailed it. Spot on <laughs> in it. Uh, <laughs> I'm impressed by Eric going all out even on the, uh, the pros. Yeah, applause. It was dedication well, to the uh, the tight third person perspective there. I appreciated that. <laughs> 
So, uh, Mr. Neil, you started off. Yeah. Why don't you tell me, what was the hardest thing about writing this You're the Worst? Oh, yeah. So the most difficult thing, um, as it is a lot of the time, was uh, uh, narrowing down to an idea. Um, because I knew I wanted to write with Jimmy and Gretchen, since they're the leads and definitely the most fun. Even though the other two characters you described sounded great, I wanted to start with them and then build from there. And at the time of this recording, uh, the Oscars are fast approaching. And I just thought, you know, it'd be really funny to hear what Jimmy's impressions of the Oscar nominations for 2017 are. So <laughs> I cooked up the situation uh, to place him in the the party belonging to what many consider to be the most Oscar-baited uh, film nominated this year, who one that Jimmy would hate very much, <laughs> and, and decided to kind of build it around that. So it was uh, a challenge to uh, kind of weed down to the things that I wanted him to say because... I th- this was a much longer piece. I had to cut a lot of jokes out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew <laughs> Neal had a just... lot to say about the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. So, yeah, that was kind of how it went. Oh, wow. Okay. And Mr. Carlson, how about you? What was the biggest challenge? Um, so, I actually, I have difficulty with, like, the sitcom format. Like, I'm, I'm no slouch at writing comedic stuff but like formulaic comedy is really hard for me um and as like i'm thinking about when we did the sham comms last season where we did uh we did uh, actual sitcoms uh that was that was a big challenge for me and this although this is more of like a you know a one camera show not quite that same it is still situational comedy and that's that's really really hard i knew i wanted to do something with a podcast because i wanted i wanted jimmy shive overly to make fun of podcasts on our podcast i thought that'd be really good um but i didn't figure out what my story was until i thought back to actually your future man uh marcus that uh we did a few weeks back um you did this great thing where you did this three-act structure this little introduction scene followed by bam we're in the middle of the action followed by a little falling action scene and those quick cuts and 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 uh you know pop in between those scenes really quickly works really well for this format so i i just did that exactly um and that helped a lot and then this all came flowing out of me in about three and a half hours after i figured that out nice this is going to be a tough decision because I enjoyed both of these so much and you both hit upon different elements of the show in a really surprising and excellent way. So it's hard to say which of those elements I'll favor more here, but we can talk about those striking similarities after I give my verdict. So first off, as always, we will give a shout out to the real winner here, Stephen Falk, who wrote an excellent show for FX and occasionally FXX. Mm, sexy. Uh, yeah, so well done, Stephen. If you care to listen to our podcast, I hope you feel good about yourself now. <laughs> uh, so you both lost, but I will say the person who was closest to not losing was Andrew Neal. What? Yay! It was congratulations. It was a close what? one. Uh, yeah. The, the reason that 
it tips to Andrew. This is probably the closest one I've had to judge so far. Was I felt that you nailed Gretchen. And we got to see more of her and Jimmy. So you both did Jimmy really well. But I felt your version of Gretchen was more spot on to the property. Although Eric did have her take alcohol when she left the scene. Which there was a clear opportunity for you to have her do that. And I was was really waiting for it at the end. (laughs) Just stealing a bottle from the bar on the way out. Yeah. Which is yeah. Uh, one of my favorite gags in this. <laughs> uh but yeah, it was it was so hard to choose between these two. Uh so let's start Andrew with yours and then we'll talk a little bit about Eric's. Okay. Uh so in your story you had this type of Hollywood party, which mm-hmm. is the sort of thing we see on the show a lot. Yep. And okay. Gretchen has this relationship with a gross film producer who she sleeps with in the pilot to have access to his cocaine so she can give it to uh sam <laughs> good good <laughs> and he okay. comes up a few times and it's just awful and so you see some of that hollywood garbage mm-hmm. uh so i appreciated that setting i thought gretchen's character was right on there uh probably would have been completely wasted by the end of that party barely mm-hmm. able to stand they really feed into each other's terribleness uh, and I love Jimmy's blow up because that was exactly Jimmy. It was just okay. insulting everyone else and being completely unaware of his own faults when it comes to literature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literature. Yeah. yeah. I had a, I had a literal literature joke in here, but I had to cut it again for, for oh. time. The interesting yeah. thing was obviously you're the worst hasn't aired its final season yet. So this was a lot more contemporary with its references than we would see in the show. So I don't think they've tackled Trump at all yet. Maybe they will in the new season. But that was was fun. I liked the Oscar commentary. And Mr. Carlson, uh, they go on a podcast at one point. And it's hysterical. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so it's Lindsay's sister's husband, Vernon. Uh, hosts a podcast. Oh God! Uh, well, Lindsay's sister's on it too. Um, sure. And yeah, Wait, they bring Jimmy on. Is this, on. The, is this the neckbeard, the terrible? No, that's person? that's Lindsay's husband. Oh, okay. Yeah. Although, gosh, neither of you guys had Lindsay. Maybe you both lost even more than I thought. <laughs> Lindsay's the I, best. I mentioned Lindsay at one point, that's but true. she's not in it. No, no, Lindsay or Edgar. <laughs> but that's okay. That's that's how the pairing usually works. Is Gretchen and Jimmy will go off and do something. Sure. Uh, so the podcast thing was great. The, the heckle list, so many points oh just for God. that. That was a hundred percent spot on. The type of heckle list I would expect to see. <laughs> just so bad funny. jokes. Yeah, there's some bad jokes. What are you talking about? There's some real zingers in there. And and Jimmy being so proud of himself and working on it live while going to the show, or even going <laughs> on the show just for the opportunity to the heckle list. Uh, oh, yeah. At one point, he goes to an improv performance just so he can test out some of his new heckles. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's so L.A. Yeah. And, of course, he ends up being in love with the improv. <laughs> He's like, you didn't write any of that down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really good. like that. Uh, yeah. I considered at one point, too, to have... Uh, have jimmy go into a podcast just hating it but then actually secretly loving it so much that he starts his own podcast yeah yeah i couldn't figure out how to fit it into a story that'd be par for the course and i, I love the <laughs> the uber thing 
Like he never does a non-writing job, but mm-hmm. he's so pretentious around having to take on work that isn't literature. You know? Sure. <laughs> he gets all these offers to write like blogs or reviews, things like that. Mm-hmm. And just just shits on all of it. It's great. Of course. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to watch this show. This sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, this show, it's amazing. And it gets serious at some points, but it's always a comedy. So I appreciate mm-hmm. that. It uh, deals with some real issues. And the horribleness of the characters does not go without consequence. Sure. So <laughs> that's my piece on connecting to the show. I want to hear more about your process and how you took this on and I want to hear from each of you and what you thought of each other's work because it's always fun to come back and have seen how you tackle a problem and get to see how someone else tackled that same problem. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, Andrew, yours, it was so jokey. I loved it because you had a lot of really like solid like one-liners and like little jokes and small payoffs. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody that we kind of see throughout, you know, gets gets a, a moment at the end when Jimmy is, you know, blowing up at him is is great. It's I haven't um, I feel like I, I haven't seen a lot of just like straight up jokiness from your writing in the past, uh, mm. and so this was really cool to see because you did a great job with it. Thank you. Yeah, and it was fun because again, like. I think it, I don't know if I ever had a joke for each film in that's nominated this year, but that's kind of the way that I structured it, where I was like, okay, so the the overall arc of like the action was okay, it's Jimmy helping Gretchen find someone that she can get free coke from, but mm-hmm. like that, so that's kind of the skeleton to hang on. But the rest of it is like, okay, where do I insert a joke about this nominee? You know, kind of yeah. building towards the end. Um, yeah, that was kind <laughs> of the the way I did it. So thank you. I'm glad that you liked some of that. Jimmy's line about the shape of water, where yeah. it's like he had no idea if it was intelligent until afterwards. <laughs> that was the most "you're the worst" line. It was so funny, just his delight with with these gross concepts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought he would like that. I, yeah, I was. A, I was. Yeah, I don't know. I it it was it was fun to to brainstorm different jokes for for each of those. It was great seeing as we've covered Shape of Water on the show, too. So I love hearing your references to Shape of Water in a later sham. Yay. Yeah, keep bringing it back. It's a good movie. Shape Um, of Gravel should have been nominated. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Underrated. Um, But Eric, yeah, same with yours. Like, those, those heckle lines, like, every single one of them made me laugh. Um, the, the, the whale ejaculate one was my favorite by far. That was, that was fantastic. But... Yeah, I just, I liked when, I think you more than I, and I really appreciated this, when Jimmy goes off about podcasts at the end, you did a a great job of capturing the voice of someone who is, really thinks he's intelligent, but is also really good at acting it as well, you know, because you used a lot of big words, very literary words, which is something I didn't focus on too much in mind, but I really appreciated hearing it because it made me... Uh, fall into the character that you had created uh, that it sounded a lot like the way Marcus described him thank you and it was it was spot on you, you both hit Jimmy so well I was very very <laughs> pleased uh, I do like how similar that these two characters turned out from both of our our works they could be interchangeable oh absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um, 
And uh, yeah, no, and Eric, uh, the the structure thing, I I, I dug that, and I was I, I'm glad, glad to hear you explain. You know that you were trying something a little similar to what Marcus did um, on a previous show, and um, I thought that that moved really well because um, I didn't know where it was necessarily going from scene one to scene two, um, and I thought it had a fun arc to it um, overall. That yeah, I, I I appreciated that. The um as much as I loved it, I did think that in terms of pacing wise, mm-hmm. we did spend a long time on the heckles. The heckles definitely ate up a big chunk <laughs> of the second scene, and mm-hmm. it definitely felt like spinning wheels a little bit. Okay. Um, because it was already to the point. I felt like at, at a sooner point that we had already reached the peak, and we were ready for the big finish with him just speaking his mind fair fair how many heckles did we go through it it did feel like there were quite a few it was like five or six um and i had i had one or two more that i didn't throw in here i just had to i basically had a list of heckles that i wrote before i started this and i just (laughs) inserted them where i thought they might fit um but i could i could do a little count is if you two talk amongst yourselves sure but uh, yeah, and um, I was when when you you triggered that it was gonna or you know hinted that it was gonna be them going on this podcast. I, I did, and it was a literature podcast. I of course was like, oh god, is he gonna write us? Is is this going to be an alternate universe where sham fiction people actually listen to it? And I I was like really scared, like no joke. Like my reaction was, oh god, I really don't want to hear this. <laughs> uh... And to, to answer the question, there was seven heckles in my story. Probably should have been five. Yeah, that would, that would probably help. Do you have <laughs> your deleted heckles there? Um, I, let's see. I do have a list. I'll have to bring it up. Just a moment, please. I did like the Wordist podcast being a play on Nerdist. <laughs> Although by the time this airs, Word, Nerdist is a thing of the past. It's what? now the ID10T podcast. What yeah. is it called? Say that again. ID10T. So Nerdist Industries is still a thing, but Chris Hardwick is not running it anymore. Mm. And Chris had rights to the Nerdist podcast, but he wanted to separate it to differentiate in the market. So it's now the ID10T, which if you spell out, spells idiot. Yes, it's a it does. IT code for user error. So you say it's an ID10T error. Uh, <laughs> and insult people. It's, it's nice. I've like done it. tech support. <laughs> I know how it works. Interesting. There is, uh, just to to answer the question again, now that I've found it, uh, the, uh, there's only one heckle I didn't include. So I had written eight, only included seven, and the heckle is, uh, I've heard of phoning it in, but this is ridiculous. And that one would have made more sense had we phoned in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There's little justifications for the heckles. Or great. That's that's very Jimmy. <laughs> explaining it, explaining yep. the joke. Yeah, and being so fun. pleased with himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, this was fun, guys. This was fun. Yeah, this was fun. I enjoyed writing this one. Good. So I highly recommend you go out and watch. You're the worst because it's the best. <laughs> you're the worst is the best yeah well says marcus mann of sham fiction if you do want to watch it uh the last season's coming up on fxx probably sometime this fall premiere date's not been announced you can watch the previous first three seasons on the hulu that's where i watched them 
And then after I binged those, I so desperately needed the fourth season that I bought it on Amazon Video. Nice. I assume that will be coming to Hulu before the fifth season is out, but it was something I could not wait for. That's exciting. And this show, this is a, is this just like a standard half hour comedy or did they do like a full hour thing? It's a half hour. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, that's, um, I'm looking forward to visiting this one. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of shows like this that are about bad people and, but also have a little bit of the dramatic edge as well. So, um, very cinematic. I think think this is going to be great. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to checking this one out. If it was a movie, it may have edged out Darkest Hour. Oh, man. <laughs> I, and I just uh, want to say that it. the opinions expressed in my sham fiction state do not express <laughs> the opinions of Andrew Neal. They are strictly the opinions of Jimmy Shive Overly. Um, <laughs> and I really do mean that. Jimmy I, I, I just Overly? Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely was using as many of the, uh, the, the criticisms that I've heard about the, 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 the best picture noms as fuel for jimmy's rants <laughs> yeah that's fair and i haven't seen i haven't seen them yeah no it's okay you don't it's fine um even though they're good movies this year it's a good crop but it's so funny because this comes out I don't, I don't know i'm not looking at the calendar when this actually comes out but it's months from now so by now like you're not even nobody's even gonna know what darkest hour is <laughs> everyone's gonna forget all these movies because shape so of water will have won. It, it's gonna be great oh man i hope so that'd be well, great i mean we claimed that it won so let's hope that it's true it better be true it is true here's there another prediction uh black panther is gonna win the next one for all of them because it's the best movie ever so <laughs> it's a bold prediction oh man we'll oh, see we how that goes we know how much oscar loves marvel uh but also black panther y'all go see it doesn't matter when you're listening to this go see it oh man it's still in theaters whatever this is even if they listen to it months (laughs) afterwards yeah all right uh until next time wakanda forever you can't beat the dredge they're pure energy (laughs) y'all the west y'all the west check it out Bye. bye bye Sham Fiction is a Two Jackets production hosted by Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Original music by Reed Reimer. Head to shamfiction.com for the episode archive. Sham Fiction. Write what you don't know. After 30 years as a cop, I thought I'd seen it all. Psychopaths, serial killers, and the like. But I'd never seen this. A gritty, gumshoe mystery novel written by Stephen King. There aren't even any creepy clowns or murder dogs in this one. Does that mean it's not fucked up? Don't count on it. The book is called Mr. Mercedes. And the boy is down at the precinct. That's Andrew and Marcus for you kids following along at home. Are gonna get down and dirty with the worst of them. And show just how dark they can get. Because as some wise man once said, even on the darkest day, the sun shines on some dog's ass. Alright, see you next time on Sham Fiction. This has been a Two Jackets production. 